AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. of this year, J.D. Keep up the great work. I have nothing but respect for you. Going through more bullshit. I seriously think I'm bipolar. I don't know what else to do. Having stupid thoughts. I don't care about therapy because that does nothing. OTS fam, stay strong. Mental health is no joke. Love you all. Chris. Thank you so much, brother. Listen, man, if we can do anything over here on this side of things to help you out, man, we are all here for you. Honestly, just reach out to any one of us, man. My DMs are open on Twitter. So thank you, Chris. Hopefully that is not the last we see of you, man. Thank you so much for your generosity. And Jason Barker just dropping another 100 Because Jason Barker is a fucking savage. This man has the greatest undefeated streak potentially in OTS history. What is this, like 13 streams in a row? I got to go back and reference, man. I'm, I'm starting to lose count with how many 100 bombs he's dropping here on the stream, man. Jason and Chris, thank you guys very much for all of your supports. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. I am JD from New York, if you didn't already know that. This is Off the Script. This is your SmackDown post show for Friday, September 8th, 2023. We are going to get into the festivities tonight. But man, oh man, what a shitty show this is, man. I tell you right now, man, SmackDown is easily, by far and away, the worst wrestling show of the week. It may be, and now quote me on this, man, because this, I don't even believe I'm going to tell you what I'm about to tell you. NXT might be better than Friday Night SmackDown. That's where we are at right now with Friday Night SmackDown. There's genuinely nothing going on. This is a nothing show. This is genuinely a nothing show. Nothing happened on this show that I even remotely give a iota of a fuck about. Honestly, 
Roman Reigns needs to get back and get back immediately because this show is a sinking ship and it's not good. John Cena can be back for all he wants. It ain't going to help. What's going on with Friday Night SmackDown? Let's start with LA Knight. This is the big story. This was basically the LA Knight show. LA Knight got a couple of segments tonight. He got an in-ring promo where he was interrupted by Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. He got a very long match against Austin Theory tonight on Friday night. He got a backstage promo with Paul Heyman. So basically, this was the LA Knight show, if you really want to go out there and say anything at all about it. And the news in regards to L.A. Knight is that he is now legitimately a megastar. And we talked about this this afternoon when I covered the news for Friday. On Off the Script, go and check it out. It's on the homepage. Everything you need is on the homepage. Today we talked about L.A. Knight. And the fact that WWE wants to keep him around for the long haul. This is coming from Fightful Select. And they have learned around the time of SummerSlam that WWE made recent overtures towards LA Knight to re-sign with World Wrestling Entertainment in an attempt to extend his contract for several more years. However, at that time, it's been told that LA Knight's deal was nowhere near expired and it would be well ahead of a possible expiration, which would have been late 2024, early 2025. In most cases, WWE has waited until deals are much closer to expiration to offer a new contract. PW Insider reported on Thursday afternoon that WWE and LA Knight were finalizing a new deal. Some of the deals were countered. But WWE and LA Knight are finalizing a new deal. There were reports that the company was waiting for the deal to go through before going forward with his push on Friday night. But there was a year left, over a year left of his current WWE contract. This is great news. This is great news. He is now legitimately the megastar. I'm assuming they are going to keep him around for five years WWE, when they want to re-sign someone, it is at a five-year maximum. They don't exceed five years for their contracts. WWE did not want to let LA Knight go anywhere. They clearly have plans for him. I feel a little bit more comfortable now than I did earlier this summer in regards to LA Knight, as you see the current direction on Friday night after tonight with LA Knight. I was worried, though. A lot of people were worried about L.A. Knight because every time somebody gets over on their own accord, every time someone gets over and goes against the machine, per se, the WWE machine, and gets this type of fan reaction, WWE kind of looks at it and they resent it because it's not what they had planned and the fans are fucking their plans up. And then they take it out on the talent. There were all sorts of reports about L.A. Knight. Yeah, yeah, WWE's going to push him, but they're waiting. Clearly, now we know what they were waiting for. There were reports about WWE pushing him slowly in hopes that L.A. Knight's push or popularity fades away and fizzles out. I heard it all. But I am here to tell you because you all know I would be the first in line to tell you 
If I was worried about where WWE was going with LA Knight, I am pretty confident that LA Knight is going to be just fine on the main roster. After tonight, it looks like WWE is taking the pairing of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, which I actually quite enjoy. I think they're a great duo. I think Grayson Waller and Austin Theory are going to play off each other very, very well. After tonight, it looks like Austin Theory and Grayson Waller will be feuding with LA Knight, and LA Knight will probably be enlisting the services of John Cena. So WWE is pairing LA Knight with John Cena, and that speaks volumes as far as what WWE thinks of LA Knight. This is a good thing. They're taking the John Cena narrative from the pay-per-view last weekend, and they're going to continue it with Grayson Waller and Austin Theory as their opponents. Now, obviously, we heard about Cody Rhodes and the possibility of Cody Rhodes versus John Cena, with John Cena being back. That's the one match that Cody Rhodes himself wants. There's rumors of Cody Rhodes coming over to Friday Night SmackDown via a trade for Jay Uso, who just landed on Monday Night Raw. I don't know when we'll find that stuff out, but it looks like they're going with LA Knight and John Cena against Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. I have no problem with that. I think everybody should really calm their fears and let WWE take the wheel here. I think LA Knight's in good hands. The other thing that happened tonight was Jimmy Uso. Now, I don't know where they're going with the Bloodline story. And to be quite blunt with you guys, and to be quite honest with everybody, I am starting to care less and less and less and less. It seems like forever ago since something relevant happened with the Bloodline. Jey Uso got traded to Monday Night Raw. Cody used his executive powers whichever executive powers he did have in the WWE to muster a deal to get Jey Uso over to Monday Night Raw. This left Jimmy Uso all by himself. The reason why they did this is because WWE has their their eyes set, their plan set on Jimmy and Jey Uso in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia next year. This is their way of prolonging that story and creating some sort of long-term booking. Roman Reigns is out. I don't know where the fuck he is. He's probably on some exotic island somewhere with his family and he's relaxing under the sun with a beautiful pineapple cold beverage with a nice little umbrella in it. I don't know where he is, but Jesus Christ, does WWE need Roman Reigns back on this show because John Cena ain't going to be there every week. Cody Rhodes ain't over there yet. I don't even know if he will end up over there. They have no star power on this show. LA Knight is great. But L.A. Knight is not going to be enough. A.J. Styles is not enough. He's not. I don't know what WWE is planning to do, but something needs to be done and fast. Seriously. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't even care to predict where they're going with this because I don't think WWE realizes what's going on. I don't even think they know where they want to go. But Jimmy Uso tonight put on a Bloodline t-shirt and told Paul Heyman, nobody told me I was out of the Bloodline, so as far as I'm concerned, I'm still in the Bloodline. What are we doing tonight? What are the plans? Wise man. I'm sorry, didn't Jimmy Uso superkick Roman Reigns in a huge moment, a huge turning point in the storyline? 
Didn't he do what Jay Uso should have did? Wasn't Jimmy Uso the first Us to sever the bloodline from Roman? Or did I watch a mirage? Or did I fabricate that in my imagination? I, I don't know. Jimmy Uso basically started all of this and did what Jay Uso should have did. Jay Uso was living in some fantasy realm where he didn't really want to do it. He understood he had to do it, but he didn't want to do it because he didn't really see the writing on the wall. Jimmy Uso saw it. Sami Zayn saw it. Jay Uso didn't do nothing. So Jimmy took it upon himself to do that. Jay Uso then gets involved with Roman Reigns and gets a championship match out of it at SummerSlam, where he wrestles the tribal chief for the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. He has his championship hopes destroyed by his brother in that main event as he eats a super kick from Jimmy Uso. And everyone asks, why? Why, Jimmy, why? The following Friday after SummerSlam, we get to SmackDown, and Jimmy explains to us that the reason why he did what he did is because he loves his brother, and he didn't want Jay to win the championship because he was afraid Jay was going to turn into Roman, and nobody should want to be this version of Roman Reigns. Jay Uso didn't really give a shit. He ended up super kicking his brother at the end of the show, quit SmackDown, quit WWE, and quit the bloodline. Jimmy Uso then last week shows up on Friday Night SmackDown in the open of the show to confront John Cena and told John Cena that he's just like Roman Reigns, but John Cena does it with a smile. Yet after all that I just explained to you, We have Jimmy Uso on this show wearing a Bloodline shirt, not kicked out of the Bloodline, and asking Paul Heyman what the plan is for tonight. Now, I know you guys probably have your predicted direction of where this is going. I'm here to tell you that's all fine and good. I'm here to tell you from my POV that this shit sucks because they basically made no sense of what Jimmy is doing on Friday night by have him putting on or have him putting on a bloodline t-shirt. It's almost as if the last month of television didn't even fucking exist. Where are they going? Why is there so much illogical garbage going on with the bloodline story where once upon a time this story was the absolute pinnacle of WWE storytelling? professional wrestling storytelling in general. I don't get it. It makes no sense at all. Now, but I'm the one complaining. I'm the one who's negative. You don't know where it's going. Be patient. You got to give it time. Nah, 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 we're, we're in the third inning still, bitch. I'm already calling for the fucking bullpen and the relief. Give me a fucking break, third inning. We're going into the seventh and eighth innings here. I can't wait to get the fuck Home, hit the shower, and go to bed. That's where I am with this fucking storyline. Yet we got, it's, uh, it's going into October, it's September. September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Eight, we have eight more months of this shit? You want me to sit here and invest my fucking time into eight more months in the, in, into this shit? Meanwhile, you're proving everybody right that said this shit should have ended with Cody winning the fucking titles at WrestleMania. 
garbage. Absolutely everything you watched doesn't make sense. Puts on a bloodline t-shirt like nothing happens. Now, if I can make a prediction about where this is going, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Jimmy Uso's trying to infiltrate the bloodline and break the bloodline up from within, which I don't really understand how that would lead to a brother versus brother match at WrestleMania because Jay should be looking at Jimmy if that's the case and commending him for what he's doing. Is Jimmy trying to break up the bloodline from within? Is he trying to infiltrate Solo Sokoa and change Solo Sokoa's mindset about where he is in the bloodline? I don't know. I don't know. At the end of it all, I'll tell you what. Jimmy and his story is not as cool as Jay and his story was with the bloodline. We're just running around in circles with our heads cut off. WWE's turning their wheels and... They keep going over and over and over again, man, through the same fucking exit. They're lost on the highway. They don't know where they're going. Sorry to tell you. I don't find any of it interesting anymore, and Roman needs to be back on television. We're going to go over this show tonight the best that we can. We had LA Knight versus Austin Theory. We had Charlotte Flair and Shotzi Blackheart versus Damage Control. And we had the Brawling Brutes against the Bloodline. So now we got Bloodline on Monday. We got Bloodline on Tuesday. And we got Bloodline on Friday. Oh, great, man. Wow. Any more nights of the week we can fit the Bloodline into, man? How about Friday, Saturday, Sunday? How about every fucking day of the week on WWE television? We're just making up shit for them to be a part of. Oh, they're the tag team champions. That doesn't mean they got to appear on every fucking show. But this is the state of WWE where the bloodline is ice cold and WWE is now riding the coattails of the bloodline or not the bloodline, the uh, judgment day. And they are willing to overexpose them because the bloodline is ice cold. It's a great deal. We're going to go over what we need to go over here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so very much for joining me here on Off The Script for this SmackDown post show. Tonight, we are sponsored by DraftKings. The NFL season started on Thursday. The official start of the season starts on Sunday with the rest of the season. Make sure you guys download the DraftKings app. Use my promo code JD from NY. You're going to get $5. You're going to get $5 on the table, bet $5, and you're going to receive in bonus bets instantly. So a word from my sponsor for tonight's show, DraftKings, and we'll be right back with the SmackDown Post Show right here on Off The Script. NFL season is officially here, and I don't know about you guys, but my Sundays are starting to look like this. Me with my favorite team's jersey on, my favorite snacks, and me parked in front of my TV all Sunday long. I've partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the National Football League, and we are bringing all new customers an exciting way to join in on all the action right now. New customers, I'm going to download the DraftKings app and use my promo code JD from NY. You guys are going to bet $5 and boom. You guys are going to get $200 back in bonus bets, and that's going to hit your account 
instantly. So don't wait any longer. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. That's right, guys. New customers who bet just $5 on any wager will receive $200 back in bonus bets instantly. Stay in on all the action and use your 200 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets together from the same game for a shot at an even bigger payout. If sports betting is not available in your state, don't worry. You guys can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have a shot to win cash prizes. So now you guys know what the big play is this season. Download the DraftKings app today, and all new customers who bet $5 will get $200 back in bonus bets instantly when you use my promo code JD from NY. Once again, that's $5 down. Get $200 back in bonus bets. Use that promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for supporting me and my sponsor tonight, DraftKings. Go hit them up, man. Sunday's the big day. I know you guys are excited about the return of the NFL. Use that code JD from NY. Take advantage. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other contents on the channel, including today's OTS Extra. Talking about the Young Bucks, who apparently had some demands to meet with CM Punk before he got fired from AEW. Sure he did. Sure they did. I'm sure they had a a whole list of demands to want to talk to CM Punk. And go check out the Dynamite Post, TNT, episode number 12, Monday Night Raw. Everything you need is on the homepage. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a 1,000 likes on tonight's SmackDown Post. Super Chats are open. They are wide open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open as well. Make sure you guys go and get those memberships in and become a channel member of VIP right here on OTS. And once again, thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's show. DraftKings, download the DraftKings app and use that promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. I got to shout out someone before we get into the post-show review here, man. Thomas Franco with a $100 Super Chat. Hey, JD, here's a bomb for you. Appreciate all the streams you put on last week. And into early this week while being sick, led your back feeling better, and you're right. SmackDown needs Roman back ASAP. Thomas Franco, thank you so much. Brother Jason Barker and Chris Harris as well with major bombs tonight. Appreciate you guys very much. Continue to show that energy, man. Get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And yeah, I am feeling a little bit better, but the thing is now, I'm not 100% yet. My voice is all right. My voice is about... I would say 
90%. Still got a little mucus, but man, I got a clogged right ear. I basically sound, I, I feel deaf in this right ear, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know where this congestion in my right ear came from. Never experienced anything like this before. I don't know how to get rid of it. I was chewing gum earlier. I was trying to yawn. I was trying to stretch my jaw out so that my ear would pop. I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. Anybody have any tips for me? Please let me know. Anyway, let's get into Friday Night Smackdown, man. We start the show off in the worst way possible. Charlotte Flair and Roy is here on Friday night. She is ultra boring. What a terrible way to start the show, man. What a terrible way to start the show. I heard Charlotte Flair's music. I proceeded to get up from my couch, walk into the kitchen, and start putting dishes away that were in the dishwasher. That's the extent of excitement that I have for Charlotte Flair. Charlotte and Shotzi. Great. Against EO Sky and Bailey. I don't know where they're going with any of this women's shit. There is absolutely no story. I mean, if anybody could tell me what the story is, I'd love for someone to fill me in because what I see is absolute garbage. I see a whole division with no fucking story. Bianca's out. She's on hiatus or sabbatical or or whatever the case may be. EO's holding the championship and she's done nothing with the championship as predicted because WWE doesn't really give a shit about the women's division. Bailey and Charlotte started the match. They started shoving each other. Charlotte came back, attacked EO, attacked Bailey, got some knife edge chops. Shotzi ran in for some backup. Things broke down. Shotzi and Charlotte were on the outside. EO landed a springboard moonsault off the second rope. And we got a commercial break. I can't stand Charlotte as a babyface, man. I, I really, I really can't stand Charlotte. I mean, is there anything that this woman does that's likable? I mean, I, I can't, I can't listen to the crowd cheering for Charlotte Flair and you know doing the woo. I, I, I can't do it. I, I, it is sickening to my insides. It really is. It's awful. I mean, the woman is just so unlikable. There's nothing about her that anybody should like at all. But the geek online will say, oh, she's a great, you're a great pro wrestler, J.D. Should they? And the sky's fucking blue. Thank you for telling me something that I already know, you half-witted fucking geek. Come back from commercial break. Sky's in control on Shotzi. Bailey tagged in. Stereo super kicks to Shotzi's head. Maybe they'd knock a a, a better-looking haircut into her. I don't know. Bailey worked the chin lock. Shotzi... She worked out of it. Bailey kicked Shotzi in the leg and prevented her from making the hot tag to Charlotte Flair. 
Anyway, Shotzi came back, kicked Bailey in the head. Shotzi got the hot tag eventually to Charlotte. She landed a crossbody on both Bailey and EO. She hits a series of chops. Woo! Before landing a fallaway slam on EO, Charlotte followed up with a big clothesline and a fallaway slam on EO, like I said. I think the uh, fallaway slam was to Bailey before that. So she did two fallaway slams one to EO, one to Bailey. Charlotte went for the figure eight. Bailey rolled Charlotte up for a two count. Charlotte came back and got a figure four in until EO broke it up with a Meteora. Sky tagged in, hit a top rope Frankensteiner. Frankensteiner. Bailey went up top, and all of a sudden we see Asuka kind of like emerge from the timekeeper's area, and she, she starts dancing like she's... I don't, I don't know what's going on on the outside. She does one of these numbers over there on the outside. She takes the title. She's got the title. I don't know what she's doing out there, man. You know? What the fuck are we doing? Like, what type of story are you trying to tell me here? So, Bailey's on the top rope. She's up top for like a good 40 seconds watching... Oscar do whatever the fuck she's doing on the out, like like she's some fucking genie coming out of a lamp. I don't know. So she's up there. Charlotte hit Bailey with a big boot. Shotzi tags in, hits her finisher on Bailey for the one, two, three. I don't know what you want me to tell you, Matt. I mean, this is it's fucking ridiculous. I'm supposed to be intrigued by this by this creativity on SmackDown. Man. Wow, I can't wait. Holy shit. Oscar wants the championship back. Great. Get in the back of the line. Are we getting Oscar versus EO or Fastlane? I sure hope so. WWE gave you that two weeks from now on SmackDown. Great. Who gets the title shot at the pay-per-view? Is it the fucking Android? Because that's exactly where we're going with this. If you don't think we're getting Charlotte and Bianca at WrestleMania, you got another thing coming. That's exactly where they're going. Nobody gives a shit. The women's division is lacking big time in every aspect. And Shotzi, listen, man, I loved Shotzi in NXT Black and Gold. This Shotzi... She does not look like she belongs anywhere in the ring with any of these women. Sorry to tell you. Paul Heyman. He's backstage. Don't know what he's doing back there because Solo Sokoa wasn't on the show until later in the evening. He's on the phone and Jimmy is there. Jimmy says to Heyman that last week he was told by John Cena... That the wrong Uso quit. And Solo telling him that he's not out of the bloodline unless they say they are. So he's in the bloodline again. I mean, you kicked the tribal chief in the face. I think that pretty much tells everybody that you're out of the bloodline. He said technically if he's not out, he's back in. But he's not all the way in without the tribal chief saying so. He said he did turn some tempting offers from Reigns. He told him to concentrate on Styles tonight. Says he'd do what he could to bring the family back together. 
Jimmy walked away. Heyman then spotted AJ Styles, and I don't know what he was doing, man. It looks like he was signing some autographs or doing something, leaning over a table, and he asked him if he doesn't have enough problems in life to want to avoid getting in his business. Styles turned around, smiled, grabbed Heyman, shoved him into some production crates. Styles says he has zero clout. Jimmy then reemerges and attacks AJ from behind, saving Heyman. Heyman saw Jimmy walk away and then axed his phone to call Roman Reigns. So like I said in the beginning, Jimmy Uso kicks Roman Reigns in the face, basically accelerating the Usos away from the bloodline. They have a tag team match. Jay pins Roman. Jay gets the title match at SummerSlam against Roman. Jay comes very close to beating Roman for the World Heavyweight Championship. Jimmy ruins that from happening, kicks him in the face, and ruins his chances. We show up on Friday night, and the explanation is he didn't want his brother to become just like the tribal chief by winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Out of fear, he stopped him because he loves him. Jay ends up super kicking Jimmy. He quits WWE. He quits the bloodline. He quits SmackDown. Goodbye. Goodbye. Jay's now on Raw. And all that, now Jimmy wants back in the bloodline? I mean, please tell me where it makes sense. It doesn't. What is the terminology that everybody uses online? WWE looking like they're jumping the shark with this storyline. This shit does not make any sense whatsoever. Now, like I said before as well, this could be all a ploy. This could be a troll. By Jimmy Uso. Is he trying to get in the bloodline to kill the bloodline? Is he trying to get in the bloodline to take Solo out of the bloodline because he wants to help at least one of his brothers here since Jay does not want anything to do with him? I don't know. I don't know. But right now, it doesn't make any sense. Kayla Braxton was backstage with damage control. Bailey said Asuka should mind her own business or they will put her on the shelf like they did Bianca. EO Sky says she will face her and put the championship on the line. Great. Can't wait for the match. Legitimately excited about the match. Now, hopefully WWE gives them at least 15 minutes because that's what they deserve. LA Knight. He comes out, gets a big reaction in Boston, Mass. He held the mic up to his mouth. He kind of felt the energy in the TD Garden and absorbed all the cheers. He asked if everyone got to see the Miz's scintillating performance on Raw. You know, that scintillating performance where everybody was like, ah! That's so funny, man. That's hilarious, man. He did the, uh, he did the You Can't See Me, man. Then I go online and tell me, please wake me when Gunther and Chad Gable hit the ring as if I had anything bad to say about the fucking segment on Monday night on Twitter 
And everyone's like, well, I don't know how you do laugh with that, man. You got a terrible taste in humor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't find juvenile third grade jokes to be funny on my pro wrestling program. Oh, but you enjoyed MJF and Adam Cole dancing in the ring, you hypocrite. MJF and Adam Cole are infinitely more funny than MJ, than uh, than the Miz clown. You fucking break. This is the shit I gotta deal with every fucking week. Shit sucked. I didn't find none of it funny. Scintillating. Garbage. Talked about the Miz's theme song lyrics. Said he didn't come to play in the WWE. He said one week, Miz played dress up and the next week, he played himself and did make-believe with an invisible John Cena. Now, L.A. Knight apparently made a reference to Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool, Diesel, tonight on SmackDown. He mentioned something about the word play, and he mentioned something along the lines of play and it being an adjective. Now, clearly, the word play is not an adjective. It's a verb. He recalled the Kevin Nash adjective moment from Nitro back in June, I believe it was 1996, if I'm not mistaken. And he corrected it and said it was a verb. Now, L.A. Knight has not been in the right light, according to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash feels like L.A. Knight is basically getting over on other people's gimmicks. So he wanted to throw one right back at Kevin Nash. So good on L.A. Knight for standing up for himself. Knight talked about The Miz and the skull-crushing finale on an invisible John Cena. I did not find this to be funny whatsoever in any sense. He said he whined that he beat him because of Cena. He says he didn't need Cena's endorsement. He said he respects him. But at the end of the day, Cena counted three. He told Miz, it's a bitter pill But swallow it, you certainly will. And then Grayson Waller comes out to interrupt. Grayson Waller walked out, asked LA Knight if it's a good idea to accept the challenge. He said he and his associate, Austin Theory, were chatting in the back. He called Theory out. Theory comes out. Waller says that they are the only tag team in WWE right now that's undefeated. Knight says, wow, they must be so proud of themselves He told them to tell their mommy and say to her hi for him. Now, that's uh, that's Christian Cage's shtick, L.A. Knight. Stick to yours. Theory then said, let me talk to you. He said, Cena helped Knight beat The Miz. He says, but I beat John Cena. Theory said, well, I already beat L.A. Knight too. He says he should soak up his 15 minutes of fame because when he's done with him, Miz won't waste his time. Knight says they're cute together. He says Waller is a mush-mouthed moron. He called Theory a cross-eyed halfwit. He says if you two crotch goblins want to come up and get served, we can make that happen right now. So, ding, 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 we got a match between L.A. Knight 
and Austin Theory. Grayson Waller joined the commentary team. Uh, Theory got early offense against LA Knight. LA Knight started to make a comeback. He took Austin Theory to the outside and started ramming his head into the announce desk right in front of Grayson Waller. Every single bounce of his head off the commentary table, the crowd did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the ring, LA Knight charged at Theory in the corner. Theory backdropped him over the top rope. Neck breaker off the ring, apron on the outside. We go to commercial break. So we come back from break. They're in the ring. They're going back and forth. Waller gets up on the ring apron to try and help his buddy win a match. Pulled off the turnbuckle pad off the top turnbuckle. Knight and Theory were down at ringside. Referee did not see any of this. Theory whipped Knight towards the exposed steel in the corner. Knight blocked it. He slipped on his landing, got up, and corrected it with a power slam to Theory. He followed with his, yeah, elbow drop. Waller then distracted him from the ring apron. Knight turned to yell at him. Theory rolled up Knight for a near fall. Knight then came back immediately with the BFT, the blunt force trauma, for the one, two, three. After the match was over, LA Knight eyed Grayson Waller, who got in the ring and then retreated to the outside with Austin Theory. So it looks like we're getting LA Knight against Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. He's certainly going to need some backup. That backup is not going to be The Miz. That backup is not going to be Cody. That backup is going to be in the form of John Cena. How do I know? Well, WWE announced that Grayson Waller will have John Cena on the Grayson Waller effect next week. There you go. Fast lane, here we come. Backstage, AJ Styles was in an interview. Styles said Jimmy Uso can jump him as many times as he wants, but nothing will stop him from tearing his head off tonight. Great. I guess we need some other top stars, or I should say former top stars, to pick up the pieces left by Roman Reigns who wanted to go on a mini vacation. Great. Judgment Day. They make their way out to the ring, and they are about to cut an in-ring promo. We got to the back, and Adam Pearce is there with Paul Heyman. Heyman told Pearce to tell him, who is getting traded from Raw to SmackDown? Pierce said those decisions are made at the highest of levels. LA Knight walked up to them and wanted the match with The Miz. Pierce says it'll take place next week. Great. Knight eyed Heyman. That gives John Cena all the ammunition he needs to come help LA Knight. Knight eyed Heyman. Heyman then said, Well, we never formally been introduced. He shook L.A. Knight's hand and said, I'm, I'm a huge admirer of your work. Knight smiled and said, oh, oh, really? Really, you're a fan of my work? Heyman said, yeah. Just in that way, too. He said that just like that. Yeah. Heyman said, though, I got to tell you something. The next time the guy outside the door tells him he's doing business, do me a favor. Please knock on the door first. His demeanor went from, you know, laughing and smiling to the wise man. He asked if they're clear. 
L.A. Knight leaned in and said, yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know what that moment was about there. Are they teasing something with L.A. Knight with Roman Reigns? Doesn't really look like it, but L.A. Knight is going to be teaming with John Cena. L.A. Knight got two segments on tonight's show with a promo. L.A. Knight in a backstage segment with Paul Heyman. I mean, I can't wait for the L.A. Knight crowd to continue to tell me he's buried. Where are they? I don't know. I can't hear you. I can't hear you, man. L.A. Knight's doing just fine. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio in the middle of the ring. What are they doing on SmackDown, you might be asking? Well, they're the tag team champions. They're allowed to be on SmackDown. Just like they're allowed to be on NXT because Dominic Mysterio is the North American champion. And they're on Monday Night Raw because that's their actual brand. Three shows. Now they are on all three shows. Balor touted Dominic's one year with the Judgment Day. Dominic tried to talk. Obviously, the booze got so loud, they were drowning him out. Oh, my goodness. They were... I'm sure those were organic heels, uh, heel heat. I thought, I'm sure that was all, all natural heel heat from the crowd, man. Sure thing. So, typical Dom, where he can't really speak, and I don't understand a fucking word he's saying because WWE wants to pipe in the most unorganic fucking heel heat possible. Dominic said Rhea Ripley was halfway across the globe. Priest says that they're proud of Ripley. He says they're proud they did something not even the bloodline could do. He said not even Roman Reigns could do it. We not only beat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, we took the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So they mentioned the bloodline here. What is Judgment Day getting involved in the bloodline business for? Dominic tried to talk again. Booze drowned them out. He says they are the most dominant group in all of WWE. And out comes the brawling brutes. Ridge Holland and Butch. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! Braggy? I don't know. They're still calling him Butch. I mean, can we just change his fucking name back to Pete Dunn, please? You know how ridiculous it is when this guy's on NXT wrestling under the name of Butch? So fucking stupid. Change his fucking name back. The fuck are you waiting for? Holland made his out his way out to the ring and says, they shouldn't be worried about him, but rather it's Butch. Of course, he wants to fight. Balor laughed and pointed his finger at him. Butch snapped his fingers. Balor rolled out of the ring, grabbed his hand in pain, and we join a match in progress after a commercial break. So we have this tag team match here with the Brawling Brutes minus Sheamus against the new tag team champions in Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, I'm surprised that we got a lot of offense here from the Brawling Brutes being that the Judgment Day just won the tag team championships. Holland and Butch 
Uh, worked really hard here. This was actually pretty decent. WWE, like I said, man, they could have a great competitive tag team division if they actually put some effort into doing the division right. It's always the same fucking teams over and over and over again. WWE typically takes two teams or a, a faction feuding with the Judgment Day, right? And then they give you every possible mixture of a match between, you know, these individuals, and then they call it a feud. That's all they do. There's no creativity whatsoever. So, the Brutes had control, and they were uh, working over Balor. Holland spun Balor around, slammed him down, and... Balor is always looking great in there, man. Balor has been, this is probably the best I've seen Finn Balor on the main roster ever. He's just so good at what he does. So, he tagged in Priest, and he took control with a shoulder block on Holland. Holland fired up, had both Balor and Priest on separate shoulders, slammed them both down at the same time. Priest came right back with a clothesline. Balor tagged back in. They showed pretty dead. Lee. They showed them in the back. Apparently, they're making their way back to television. God help our souls. They were watching this match on the back. Balor worked a headlock on Holland. Holland came back, got a hot tag to Bush. Bush. See? Just call him Pete Dunn. I'm, I'm over here calling him Bush. Bush, Bo, uh, Butch, whatever. Just call him Pete fucking Dunn, please. Got a hot tag to Butch. Butch landed a moonsault on both Priest and Balor, who were on the outside, and the show went for another commercial break. We're back from break. Butch hit a superplex on Balor inside the ring. Balor countered some Butch offense into a big-time elbow drop. Priest and Holland tagged in. They started trading big shots to each other. So, the exchange ended with Holland hitting a suplex, tagging in Butch. He ran at Priest. Priest got a boot to the face. He goes for a cover, gets a two count on Butch. Priest tagged Holland back in. He landed a bulldog slash headlock combination. Ballard tagged in, ran in at Butch. Butch countered. Dominic got to the ring apron. And Butch went for the 10 beats on, I believe it was Balor. But Balor, or, or uh, Priest rather, but, oh, who was it? Dominic? He tried to do the 10 beats on Dominic. I don't even remember who the fuck it was. But Balor interrupted anyway, got a sling blade. Balor went up top for the coup de grace. Butch moved. Balor hit it in Zaguri, tags in Damian Priest. Butch kicked Priest, tagged back into Ridge Holland. He lifted Priest. Up in the air, Butch went to the top. Balor pushed Butch off the top. Priest then landed a south of heaven on Holland and Butch. Balor went to the top, did the coup de grace on Rich Holland, and that was enough for the one, two, three. Now, the only part that people legitimately care about was what happened at the end of the match because this kind of raised my eyebrows. At the end of the match, Lashley and the Prophets Whatever you're calling them, man. The new Hurt Business. Don't know what you're calling them. They all walked out and they were not 
acting like geeks, the prophets. They were very serious. So it looks like we're getting the serious street prophets uh, very quickly here. They got in the ring. They stared down at the Judgment Day at Lashley, and Priest went nose-to-nose. Ford and Balor paired off, as did Dawkins and Dom. Lashley said the bloodline is crumbling, so they are now taking over SmackDown, not the Judgment Day. So, there you go. We got Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits teasing going after the Tag Team Championships and the Judgment Day. Got me excited, man. What are we doing? Is this War Games? Is this War Games? Does WWE call up Carmelo Hayes before War Games? Do we get Carmelo, the Prophets, and Bobby Lashley versus Judgment Day? Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough. I don't know. Here I am thinking that it may be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens with a couple of buddies against Judgment Day in War Games, but this could fit just as good. If they're already teasing this, it's got people intrigued. I think this new group with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, being that they haven't really done much of anything yet, they look good together. They don't even have a proper name for the group yet. It's got people intrigued. That's how much the fans did not want the original Hurt business to break up. So we got this new version. We'll see how long this lasts. Backstage. Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and Mia Yim. Because I think Meechin sounds lame. They were talking in the back. Styles walked up to them and asked if they knew what happened earlier when Jimmy jumped him from behind. Anderson said, nah, I apologize. We didn't know what was going on. Styles slapped the phone out of Carl Anderson's hands. Anderson said that they told Styles not to get involved in the bloodline business. And Styles yelled that they've always had each other's backs. Says, if this show is mine and this is the house that AJ Styles built, this is how it's going to be. I don't need you anywhere near the ring for my match with Jimmy tonight. We got clips of WWE in India today. For the first time in six years, and we got the superstar spectacle happening this afternoon. John Cena was there. Kevin Owens was there. Sami Zayn was there. The great Kali was there. You know what the Kali, you know what great Kali said? He's got one more match left in him, man. Great. Gunther defended the IC title at the India show. The superstar spectacle. You know, he defended the title against Shanky. Wow, man. Shanky out for a whole year and a half. And he comes back. Because WWE ventures off into the remote parts of India and has Gunther defend the IC title, man. Great! Now he could go disappear for another two fucking years. Can you imagine the great Kali having one more fucking match? I don't know, man. Don't know how anybody would find any interest in that. Moving on. Oscar was backstage. 
She talked about her title match in two weeks against EO. Great. She said, nobody is ready for Oscar. Neither is the cameraman who's got to film this terrible promo. AJ Styles. Wow, we're already at the main event here, huh? Good. The quicker I get out of here, the quicker I go back on Destiny and grind some seasonal activities. AJ Styles was Jimmy Uso, man. This was the main event of the evening. So we'll pick it up after the commercial break. Jimmy was in control. Styles leapt towards Jimmy from the ring apron. He got super kicked at Styles. Jimmy noticed Heyman and Solo walked down the aisle. Jimmy smiled at his family joining him at ringside. Jimmy throws AJ Styles into the ringside uh, stairs, and we go to commercial break. Styles, we come back from break. He's in control. He's chopping away at Jimmy's chest with some knife edge chops. Heyman and Solo are at ringside. They're observing the match, staying away. Styles went on a little offensive streak here, got some near falls. Jimmy made a comeback and knocked Styles to the floor right in front of Solo. Jimmy approached Solo, who turned his back and walked away. So Solo's on the outside, and you figured Solo would want to do something, but he didn't get involved at all. So Styles is setting up for a phenomenal forearm. Jimmy moved. Styles slammed Jimmy on his neck, got a two count. Styles landed a clothesline. Jimmy fought back with some offense, gets a two count of his own. They're on their feet. They're trading strikes back and forth. Styles hits a DDT. He goes for a near fall, two count. Styles goes up to the apron. Heyman and Solo finally get involved, distracted him. This was enough for Jimmy to hit a super kick on Styles. Styles was on the outside, and Jimmy rolled out with him. Jimmy tried to talk to Solo. But Sokoa turned his back, and Styles hit both Solo and Jimmy. Styles then confronted Heyman and ran Jimmy into the ring post. Styles hit the phenomenal forearm on Jimmy for the one, two, three. After the match, Damian Priest and Finn Balor, yes, the Judgment Day, come out and attack AJ Styles, threw Styles back into the ring. Solo and Jimmy were in the ring already. Solo hits a Samoan spike on Styles. And Damian Priest and Finn Balor were staring into Solo Sokoa in the ring and vice versa. The show ended as Solo stared down at both Balor and Priest. I mean, I'll leave it up to you guys on what they're doing here. I can't, for the life of me, figure out how the Judgment Day getting involved makes any sense here whatsoever. I feel like it's just so random. Everything is at a random. What does the Judgment Day have to do with the bloodline? I mean, I get that the Judgment Day were kind of mingling with the bloodline early on, and they did some favors for Paul Heyman. I mean, was this a favor that they owed Paul Heyman? It doesn't really make any sense to me. Do we got war games coming here? I mean, is AJ Styles... Going to get involved in some sort of bloodline and Judgment Day war games match. Uh, I mean, war games could be anything. 
War Games can be the Judgment Day against Sammy, KO, and a couple of buddies on Monday Night Raw. War Games can be the Judgment Day versus the New Hurt Business. War Games can be the Judgment Day versus the Bloodline. Well, the Bloodline's only three. That would make three for the Bloodline. Roman, Solo, and Jimmy. Who's going to be the fourth? I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this, man. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's the way SmackDown ended, and I don't really give a shit about anything going on with Jimmy Uso, man. I feel like they have honestly dropped the ball with the Bloodline story. It is ice cold, and I'm not talking about my adult beverage. SmackDown continues to be lame, unexciting, and uncreative television. I mean, the in-ring is not bad. It's not. But the lack of direction and the lack of star power on Friday night is very concerning when Roman Reigns is not there. And we all love L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is not going to be able to do this all on his own. John Cena was not there tonight because he was in India. I don't know where we're going, man. I don't know where we're going with any of this. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to get into the Super Chats. I appreciate you joining me on this Friday night tonight. We are sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. Before we get into the Super Chats, a word from our sponsor tonight, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app just in time for the start of the NFL season on Sunday. Use my promo code JD from NY. Bet $5 and receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. I left a link for you guys at the top of the live stream chat. Sponsored tonight by my great partners over at DraftKings. NFL season is officially here, and I don't know about you guys, but my Sundays are starting to look like this. Me with my favorite team's jersey on, my favorite snacks, and me parked in front of my TV all Sunday long. I've partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the National Football League, and we are bringing all new customers An exciting way to join in on all the action right now. New customers are going to download the DraftKings app and use my promo code JD from NY. You guys are going to bet $5 and boom, you guys are going to get $200 back in bonus bets. And that's going to hit your account instantly. So don't wait any longer. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. That's right, guys. New customers who bet just $5 on any wager will receive $200 back in bonus bets instantly. Stay in on all the action and use your 200 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets together from the same game for a shot at an even bigger payout. If sports betting is not available in your state, don't worry. You guys can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have a shot to win cash prizes. So now you guys know what the big play is this season. Download the DraftKings app today and all new customers who bet $5 will get $200 back in bonus bets instantly when you use my promo code JD from NY. Once again, that's $5 down. Get $200 back in bonus bets. Use that promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings. 
Holy shit, my guy Cam G with a $100 super chat. Thank you, Cam G. Says, my guy JD, how's it going? Another subpar SmackDown tonight, but the best part of my night is being here in the venue. Much love, JD. Keep doing your thing. OTS for life. Cam G, thank you so much, brother. Hopefully, you are well this evening. Yes, I have OTS baseball hats. You didn't know that, huh? I wish I could sell them somewhere, man. I got I got a whole fucking supply here at the house. I'll figure out how to do that, man. I'd love to do that. So you guys can... Uh, Support the channel, man. I'd love to get those hats in people's hands, honestly. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll maybe maybe I'll set something up. I can just do it myself. Just PayPal me. Whoever wants a who wants a fucking hat, huh? Just PayPal me. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it, man. We got you covered with the code, uh, with the uh, CM Punk stuff. We got you covered on Monday Night Raw with the Cody Rhodes announcement of Jay Uso and Cody potentially coming to SmackDown. So make sure you guys go check that stuff out. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for... We're not getting a 1,000 because everybody's fucking lazy. Try for 750 likes, man. We got 557. Can we get to 750 likes on the SmackDown post? Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. JD, your favorite Hollywood The Rock match? Couldn't tell you, brother. I couldn't tell you. My favorite Rock match was probably Rock versus Hogan. Or Rock versus Lesnar in 2002 at SummerSlam. Michelle with the $2 Super Chat. I think Roman doesn't want Jimmy back, but Jay. Maybe. I don't know. It looks like we've got some faction warfare going on on Friday night. The OC versus the Bloodline versus the Hurt Business versus the Judgment Day. I don't know. Also, Michelle, so they are rehashing AJ versus Judgment Day. I have no idea what they're doing. I, I Listen, I, you, you and your guesses are as good as mine. Cameron Battle with a 499. These SmackDown stories are not doing it for me. Raw storylines are interesting, though, with Sammy and Jay. Gunther, great work. Also, Drew Heel turn. SmackDown needs Cody bad. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with WWE on Friday night, man. Apparently, WWE may be off of Fridays, potentially. Uh, I don't know if they are going to end up back with Fox next year. Because apparently WWE canceled 
the Out of Character podcast with fuck uh, the, the fucking geek himself with the fucked up haircut. You know, the guy that uh, went to go stalk porn stars at the Whole Foods in his neighborhood that canceled his podcast. I'm, I'm so heartbroken over that show getting canceled. So heartbroken. Yet he wants to, he wants to gloat and tout that he's better off than everybody. Huh? So with his show getting canceled, everybody's kind of insinuating that WWE doesn't end up back on Fox. Because why else would they cancel it? Well, it sucks anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, yes. Yes, him. He who shall not be named. Yes, that's him. Uh, Cameron, thank you, brother. Beyond the script with the 499. JD, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, brother. Hope you're feeling better. I feel okay, man. A little tired, a little fatigued. I hate the fucking heat. And I got this fucking clogged eardrum. I don't know. Could we possibly get a little pilot to close the show? It's been a while to turn it on, Max. Eh, Maybe, man. Maybe. I got a couple other songs I kind of like playing towards the end of the show, man. Jason Barker with 13 months. SmackDown was a 7 out of 10 today. Balls started to roll on SmackDown, but I don't know where those balls are rolling. OTS for life. Hi, Jesse. Dude was pissed. Jesse's pissed? What's Jesse pissed about? Jason with a $5 super chat. The Ace and the Jace are here. Absolutely, brother. A thun with a five. Happy Friday, JD. I've been meaning to ask, what is your favorite beer and liquor? My favorite beer is Oma Gang, Three Philosophers. And my favorite liquor is a nice bourbon whiskey. It doesn't really matter as long as it's top shelf. They're not some sheep shit. Justin with a 199. Hey, just curious, who sang Stranger in My Skin? I have no fucking clue what that is, Justin. Chris the Tiger Harris with a $300 super chat from earlier. Brother, keep your head up, man. If you need anything from us, we are here for you, man, as always. Jason Barker with a 100. Thank you, brother. As always, the man's got an undefeated streak that I don't think anybody at this point is going to rival. Will Chisholm with a five. Wow, LA Knight gets a new deal, and they already teased the program with Roman at some point. I don't know if they've teased the program with Roman, but... I mean, I don't know what good that would do LA Knight when Roman is not losing the championship before WrestleMania. Friendly neighbor with a one month. Hey, JD, I'm new, but I love your stream. You are the man, friendly neighbor. I hope you're a little bit more friendly next month as well, brother. Thank you so much. Phantom with a one month. He leaves me two beer emojis. Thank you, Phantom. Thomas Franco, thank you for your generosity, brother. I really appreciate you appreciating what I do, man. Happy to have you here. Will Federico with a 199. Big fan, JD. I'm a big fan of you, Will. 
Funny Rob Baby with a four months. I just hit 500 subs. At Funny Rob Baby on YouTube. Congratulations, Rob. And congratulations to my OTS VIP Raging Girl Gamer who just hit 2,700 subscribers on her YouTube channel. Fun fact, I led Jesse and Rage through the Crotus and Raid the other day. And we would not have completed it if it wasn't for my sheer knowledge and my beastly Destiny 2 skills. Just throwing that out there. Jay and Joe's world with a 499 Cena and Rhodes. But will Cena become a heel? Babyface versus babyface doesn't sound too exciting if this match does happen. I mean, there's really nothing for John Cena to lose to turn heel, but will they do it? Probably not. Peter Gaymore! What's up, JD? SmackDown is completely awful, and the Bloodline story is dead in the water right now. What a 180 compared to before the draft. We need Omos to save SmackDown. Is Omos even employed? I don't know. When Omos shows up on the show, we know Vince was there that evening. Main event. 81 with the 10 months. JD, that missed segment on Raw was boring. And we lost 45% of our common sense watching that illogical garbage. I'd rather see Omas. No. Now, I would take the Miz giving a skull-crushing finale to an invisible man any day of the week over Omas. Ahmed with a 499. You know why I don't care about Charlotte? It's because the women don't don't evolve. It's the same old boring shit. I agree, Ahmed. I agree. Peter Gaymore with the $2 Super Chat. In the share was more entertaining than pretty dead. Lee. I won't go that far. MGM balling with a 199. Who's the better Lee? Wes or Pretty Dead? Lee. I'm going with Wesley. Wesley's incredible. Peter Gaymore with a $2 super chat. Kali versus Omos. One hour Iron Man match. Book it. Well, if there is one guy that Kali's going to have a match against, it will be Omos. Surprised that didn't happen in India. Cam G, thank you, brother. For the 100, really appreciate your generosity, brother. Always. Jose Perez with a 499. Hey, JD, good job on coverage with bright passing and all in crazy weekend. LA night poke at Nash was too sweet. Keep it up. OTS for life. Thank you, Jose. Always going to get the job done. Rain or shine. Ick, uh, sickness or in health. Always. Uh, M. James 2000 with a $10 Super Chat. I know we're all tired of talking about CM Punk, but if he were to return to WWE, would you consider that bigger than Brett or Warrior returning to WWE? I feel Punk would be the craziest return in WWE history. Yes, I would. That would be bigger than both Warrior and Brett combined if it did happen. 
Sue with a $5 super chat. JD, after today, I'm drinking my champagne because I made it through the week. Hope you make it too by feeling better. Salute. What the hell are you drinking? OTS forever. Sue, as long as that champagne is ice cold, I don't care what you're drinking or where you're drinking it, when you're drinking it. Matt Fugitive with a $2 super chat. How much for a hat? I usually sell them for $30 when I'm actually at the meet and greets. So it'll probably be $30. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. He who shall not be named can go back to TMZ. Fuck him. Wild Stallions with six months. Braves are on fire. Well, they lost two out of three to St. Louis, so. Fucking Cardinals, man. And Jedi Joker with a $2 Super Chat. JD, how much for a hat? I will take one. Probably around $30, brother. I'll figure that out. I'd love to get those hats sold. For sure. Uh, anyway, guys, that is all I got for you, man. I would really appreciate it. If you guys are into the NFL, if you're going to be watching football on Sunday, man, download the DraftKings app. Code JD from NY. Bet $5 to get 200 in bonus bets instantly. You guys know what to do there, man. Support. The more you support, the more they want to be a part of the OTS family. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Hit that thumbs up. We need 100 more likes for 750. I know you guys can do it. And thank you, as always, for a great stream. Next time you see me, we'll be live tomorrow night. Jesse and I, I believe, will be covering Collision. I got to see what he's doing. Going to watch Collision, man. See how it feels with no CM Punk there. Should be fun. Until then, guys, have a great night. Thank you so much for your generosity. I love the energy tonight. Thank you guys for everything you do, man. Got the best fan base in the world, man. I appreciate you guys, and thank you for being here with me on Friday night for SmackDown right here on OTS. I will see you guys tomorrow.